This is the Ask Falaschini podcast, where the modern economy is discussed from a skeptic's perspective. Mr. Falaschini helps you distinguish what is sustainable in our economy and what isn't. Not everything that glitters is gold, and not all mud is dirty. The podcaster Mr. Falaschini provides no-nonsense advice. He had it all, lost it all, went bankrupt multiple times, and is now attempting to come back from zero with sustainable growth. There are numerous coaches and preachers on the internet that preach about positive thinking and how life is all roses if you just care to see it that way. Well, Mr. Falaschini is definitely not one of them. We recommend you ask Falaschini to keep it real. He discusses the darker side of the current economic reality, the side that's more important for your personal and business finance. His first intention is to help you keep what you already have. Not to be a complete party pooper, Mr. Falaschini will also hint at the earning opportunities in the economy today. In order to please the almighty algorithm, please like, share, and subscribe. And now it's time to start taking notes. The mic goes to the podcaster, the one and only Mr. Falaschini. Welcome to the Ask Falaschini podcast with a guest. I'm proud to present Susan Doyle. Ingram from Vancouver, Canada. Susan helps coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs write books that attract clients. Susan, please tell us more about yourself. What is your story? Well, thank you for having me on the show today, Peter. It's I know we were just chatting a little bit. It's so nice to get to know you. Uh, so my story is I owned a marketing company years ago. Um, in 2008, when the economy was crashing in the US, I decided to sort of jump ship because uh, my clients were not able to pay. So I thought, oh no, now what am I going to do? So I started by writing one book. And I was so afraid that it was going to fail that I wrote it under a fake name because I didn't want anybody to know that it was me. So then the book accidentally became a bestseller because I knew a thing or two about marketing and people started asking me, you know, how do you write books? How do you do that? And so I started teaching people how to write books and there's more to it than that, but I've been doing it for 13 years and I absolutely love it so, so much. I love helping make, make people's dreams come true. A lot of people have wanted to write a book for a long, long time and they just don't know where to start. So I get to, you know, nurture them along and help them and make it easier for them. And, and I love it. In the past, most books were written by uh, either they were uh, how-to uh, manuals or they were some romance or uh, so novels and uh, or, or poets or something like that. How did it come about that now every professional would need uh, his or her own book? How did that well, change? And when did that know, change? Oh, I'll tell you what happened in my case. Um, so I wrote a bunch of books and I started selling and they were on all different topics, like how to take care of a baby, your new baby and gluten-free recipes and different things like that. Just sort of trending topics because I wanted to make money. And then one day I thought, I really want to write a book for women entrepreneurs. And so I wrote that book and I didn't sell any copies. In my mind, it completely failed. But what happened was I got a phone call from a nonprofit organization who said, Hey, we have a whole bunch of funding to help women business owners. And we have your book here. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you and nine other people. Like I couldn't believe they had my book because I didn't feel like anybody had bought it. 
as it was just a failure. Anyways, they bought my book or found my book somehow, and they hired me to do some consulting with these women business owners for five months. And then I got a couple of other contracts for consulting. And I realized at the end of the year, my accountant told me that I had sold, or I had made more money from those contracts than all book sales combined. So that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I realized when you are a, a business professional and you have a book, it positions you as an authority. And it also gives a little appetizer for your future clients to, they may not have you know, the courage or they may not think they're ready to come and talk to you about working with you, but they can read your book and they can find out sort of who you are and what you stand for and see some of the results that you've had for your other clients. And that's just like opening the door to potentially working with you. And, and, and I think if it's a good book, it can be very, very good for your business. If you just write some terrible thing and with nowadays with AI, you write something with AI and throw it on Amazon, it might like make you look really bad. So it has to be done right. But I do really think that it's the best marketing asset that a business owner can have nowadays. Would you say that the best marketing asset is also because it's an entry level and the price of the book is usually much lower than consulting hour from the same uh, consultant that authored the book? Would you say Absolutely. that that is also a door opener because of that? Because some client can invest $20, $40 for the book uh, instead of a couple hundred uh, dollars for the uh, consulting hour with the same person. Yeah, I think so. In that case, if they find the book first and then they find you, um, when you think about like a staircase, they call it the ascension model in, in internet mm -hmm. marketing. So the first step is usually like a, a free way of like reading an article about you or listening to a podcast that you're in this totally free information. The next step would be, yeah, $20 book or something. The next step could be, a little course that you have for $99 or something like that, or your strategy call. And as they go up the staircase, they get more access to you. So when with a coach, for example, they're not going to get one-on-one -on -one access ongoing for nothing. So yes, I think that is definitely a, a wonder a book can be a wonderful entry level uh, product. Uh, but also I do think in many cases, business people can give the book out for free. For example, a real estate agent can give it out at an open house. You know, they, I've had architects that I work with and when they go to, you know, um, a presentation meeting with a potential new client, they say, oh, by the way, I always say, just be humble about it. You know, by the way, I'm just going to leave you with a copy of my book. And they close that deal almost every single time because the client is so impressed. If they're meeting with four or five different realtors or four or five different architects, I can tell you all the other ones do not give them a book. So it absolutely makes you stand out. So it's again a door opener or even a first uh, first step towards a new business. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that AI is not the right way to go about your book. Um, what would be the right way, especially with um, some experts, especially technical experts, usually find it really difficult to express their, their, their themselves. And uh, how can you help help uh, with, with with that? Thank you. That's a great question. So it, it, anybody listening, if you want to write a book, get some help. Because in our business at Prominence Publishing, we have sort of like three different verticals. We help people who don't have a book, who are thinking about writing a book. They come to us. We help them from the very beginning, setting up the book properly, thinking about all the things that need to go into the book, even before they write their outline. Then we show them really how to write a strategic 
solid outline, then how to write their book. That's the best way to do it. Um, so if it's not going to be me, then make it sure it's somebody else who helps you with that. Because the other vertical of our business is people who already have a book. They've sat down, you know, and put their butt in a chair and worked and worked and worked and written a book. And then they come to us and they say, hey, can you publish this for me? And many times it's not good, Peter. It's not good because they haven't had guidance and no one is born knowing how to write a book. You know, I know we all want to be, you know, somebody who's making millions of dollars on, on books, but the truth is it, you have to have a, a strategic a plan and you have to know what you're doing. So when you see advice online that says you want to write a book, you got to get writing, you got to sit down every day and write whatever comes to mind. No, you don't. That's a terrible idea because your book is going to be a mess, right? I think of a book as like, taking your reader on a journey and you want to nurture them and protect them and take care of them. You don't want to just throw them on some journey and like throw them off a cliff. You want to be able to say, here's what I have, what I have to show you. And then you carefully show it to them. That's what a book is to me. Um, now I've been, I've been off topic, so I forgot what your question was, but oh yeah, now I know. So, so yeah, have an outline, have a plan. There, there are certain things you need to include in your book in order to write a book. Um, and, and you you got to get it right from the very beginning. Hey, would you agree with the thesis that writing a book is more about the skill than the talent? Mm, nobody's ever asked me that question before. More about the skill than the talent. Yes. And I think it's an acquired skill. It's a learned skill. Yeah. You know what? I do not like writing and I've written and co-written more than 20 books and I don't like writing. I always feel, you know, I've helped over a thousand non-writers write books to work with me. You don't have to be a writer. As a matter of fact, if you are a writer, I get a little bit of a red flag because, Oh, I'm a writer. I'm like, Oh, okay. I don't really know what to do with you <laughs> because well, sometimes there's a little ego involved there. Let's just say, but also I just work with sort of what I call normal business professionals who say, Suzanne, help me out. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I have no idea how to do this. I love that people can be vulnerable and say that. I'm like, well, I don't know how to build a house. I don't know how to groom a dog. I don't know how to, all the people that I've worked with, they know their industry better than I, better, better than I do. And I know writing books better than they do. So we work together, you know, um, there actually is no talent involved in writing a book. And I think I'm going to quote myself on that. There's no talent whatsoever that's involved because when you have a plan on what you want your book to do for you and who you're writing your book for and why you're writing your book, and we teach you all the things that you need to include in your book to make you look credible, to make you look like an authority, to become a thought leader, then as you, after you have a really good outline you and you're writing your book, Editors can make it pretty and beautiful. Editors are your friend. You know, you don't have to be a really good writer to write a book. Even all the best writers in the world all have editors. So that stops people sometimes. They say, well, I'm not a writer. Well, either am I. And I've written and co-written 20 books. More, I don't even know how many. I got to count one of these days. So um, it doesn't matter. Okay. A lot of editors suggest to hire a ghostwriter. Would you say that the outline, the good outline 
can uh, just exclude the ghostwriter. There's no need for ghostwriter if you have a good uh, editor that can help you prepare a decent outline and then guide you through the process. I'm going to answer that question in a second, but I do not believe that an editor can guide you through a process necessarily of writing a business book because what I teach includes all the little things that have to go in from a business and a marketing perspective. So for example, I say you need to include credibility and vulnerability, but it has to be very delicately balanced. We want you to include points of credibility so that people know you're someone who knows what they're talking about, who has experience, who has education, but not too much or else you look arrogant. We want you to include vulnerability so that the reader can relate to you and they don't feel like, oh, you've always had everything good in your life and everything is easy for you because you're so successful. We want the reader to feel like, oh, he really knows what I'm going through. He went through the same thing as me. We want that included. And an editor is not does not do that. An editor okay. is just like a robot that helps you fix grammar and make sentences pretty. So uh, okay. I had to get that off my chest. Sorry, I have to I have to interrupt here. Um, <laughs> how would you call yourself? Because most of us that just uh, browse the internet and yeah. uh, check many videos on how to write a book, we just know yeah. about the editor. Okay, perfect. How would you, so, sorry, let, let me finish the question. Yes, yes. How would you um, name your function? Are you book writing coach? What, what, what's, how's your job called? Thank you for asking that. I am a book publisher and <laughs> a book writing coach for nonfiction books. If someone's mm. looking for a book coach, make sure you get the right one. So you don't want to have a if you want to write a book that's spiritual and heart-centered and, you know, or a memoir, that's a certain type of coach, right? A business book coach is a nonfiction business book coach. Um, so let's get back to the ghostwriter, if that's okay. Yes, please. When people come to me and they say, hey, I want a ghostwriter, they don't realize that ghostwriters start at about $30,000 or $30,000. 20,000 euros. Ghostwriters are extremely expensive for a good one. So if you want to hire a ghostwriter on one of those outsourcing websites, do not do that. I've had people come to me and say, can you fix this? And it's terrible. The books are terrible. Um, so a good ghostwriter is going to cost you many, many, many thousands of dollars. Many, many, many. Most ghostwriting packages. Yes. Just let me interrupt. Um is bad ghostwriter comparable to AI written books? An AI written book is probably better than a bad ghostwriter. Okay, thank you. Yeah. But the problem with an AI book is that it doesn't have any of your personality. It doesn't have any of your client stories. It doesn't have any of the credibility, the vulnerability, all the things that we teach that make the book feel like your reader goes, oh my gosh, she's talking to me. She's reading my mind. I mean, if you want to set up a business where you just pump out books about like gardening and you do get AI to write a book on hydrangeas and daisies and bushes and plants and bamboo, do that all day long. But that's not the types of books. And that's those are not the types of clients that we help that have a real business that want to have a book that positions them as an authority. Um, so when come, someone comes to me and they say, hey, I want to, I need a ghostwriter. I work with them with their their mindset. And and I say to them, I, I talk to them about their business. I if if I feel that I can help them, I say, listen, you don't need a ghostwriter. You need someone that believes in you. And I believe in you. And I will help you do this. And once they know 
It's they think they need a ghostwriter because they have no idea where to start. But once we teach them, here's exactly how you write your book. You wouldn't believe, Peter, how many people say, oh, my gosh, it's so easy. It's just flowing out of me because they have a really detailed outline. They know exactly what to write when they're sitting down at their computer. And ghostwriters really, here's one other thing I want to say. And I think it was yesterday I was talking to somebody about this. Ghost, you think you need a ghostwriter when you think you can just throw money at something and make it better. Very often people are not happy with their ghostwritten books, even if it's a beautifully written book. And I look at it and I go, this is great. Here you go. They don't like it. It's because it's not their book. And, you know, it's sometimes a little bit painful to write your book. I'll I'll be honest. It's not. It doesn't fall from the sky and land on you beside your couch as you're sitting there watching Netflix and eating, eating, eating popcorn. It's hard work to write a book. You do have to do the work. Um, I don't believe in writing a book in a weekend. You know, it'll take you three to six months uh, to do it right. And I'm one of the real ones <laughs> who will say that. <clears throat> but when it's done, it's just like when you have a baby. It just is so great. All the pain's over and you get to hold your baby and you're so happy and you're so proud of it. So there's my little tangent on ghostwriters. Okay. So you mentioned an outline. Can you share... Uh, few more, like three more tips uh, that are important to how to write a book. Uh, can you disclose that? I know that's a business secret. And as a coach, you you, you teach your clients about that. But can you can can you give our listeners um, a bit of taste? What, what are the three more, most important tips uh, when writing a book? Sure. Um, let me see. What can I share with you? Because usually it's, you know, a three-hour training that I teach on this. So I have mentioned already, including, you know, credibility and vulnerability. I think it's important to think about, start with, why am I writing this book? And it's okay to be honest and say, I want my kids to be proud of me, or, you know, I want my dad to be proud or whatever it is, right? Or I want to make money. Like, I want to make money. If you feel I want to make money, just let you remind yourself the money's not in the book sales. The money is in the clients that you get as a result of being a published author, because you don't want another full-time job trying to be like a hamster on a wheel selling books. Don't, don't become a bookseller so you can make $7 every time a book sells. Think of the book as a marketing tool for your business. When you understand your average customer value, say, for example, you're a coach or um, the, the oh my gosh, so many different people I work with, lots of fitness people. Let's say your average customer value is $3,000. Why would you spend all those nights and days and weekends trying to sell books when you can get one new client and make $3,000? Like, so that's, it's important. So you also want, you want to you want to know your why, and that'll keep you on track. You want to know um, exactly what kind of client you want to attract. So let's say you are a fitness coach and you're trying to attract, you know, women over fifty. Then you write your book with that person in mind, right? You think about what keeps her up at night. What is she worrying about? Maybe she's worrying about, you know, her husband's Christmas party, and she just doesn't want to look fat this year. You know, like you can use her words and thoughts in your book, and she will think. Oh my gosh, this person gets me. Have you ever read a book where you're like, this isn't for me. This is not a good fit. I don't belong here. We want your reader to feel like she belongs. And if by any chance 
it's like a 23 year old male gym rat guy that doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. And he thinks this isn't for me. That's okay. Because he's, he's not your ideal client. So it's like, he's already good. just going to go away and that's okay. Um, and so when you're writing your outline, it's really important to think, what does my ideal reader need to know? What is it that I want to share with them? I also ask people to think, what do you want more of in your business? If you don't want more one-on-one clients, then don't write a book that's talking about one-on-one training. Maybe you have a group program and then you write a book about how great this group program is, you know, not overtly selling. Don't get me wrong, right? You don't want to be too salesy because it turns people off. But but really talking about the benefits of belonging to a community, you know, and like to, to promote your group, that sort of thing. And then you really, if you're a coach, um, think about the process that you take your clients through to get results. And you're going to want to include client stories in your book so that the reader goes, oh, she's not just, you know, a little solo entrepreneur that hasn't ever worked with anyone. She's worked with Sandy and Nancy and Trudy, and she's got results for all of these people. And it's really like social uh, trust signals where the reader starts really, you know, thinking, yeah, I think I could do if she can do it. I can do it, too. So. That's just a few tips for you in terms of what to include in your Th- Thank you for, for this. Uh, you also mentioned a lot about what keeps reader uh, interested in the book. I would also like to ask you uh, what holds most of the people away or back from writing a book? Well, I think we already know that. They, they are afraid that they can't do it. They are afraid of looking foolish. They're afraid. I've heard it all. I've heard it all, Peter. They're afraid. Well, I don't want my competitors to read it and know what I'm up to. <laughs> I'm like, your competitors are not worried about you. You know, <laughs> they, they don't have time. They're busy running their own business. Um, they're afraid they're not good enough. They're afraid they don't have what it takes. Um, and that's what I, that's what I'm here for. Or, you know, your book coach, you know, whoever you hire should um, help you. Um you know, really get through those fears. I, I I have an interesting story, Peter. When I was a university student a few years ago, um, I discovered that there were people in my community that had difficulty reading. And I didn't really know anything about literacy. I thought literacy was something that happened far, far away, you know, like that, that there were literacy programs in, you know, villages and faraway countries. But I started a literacy pro- program in my town in Canada to help people who had difficulty reading and writing. And I recruited 85 university students to be my volunteers. And I did not know what I was doing. I was so naive. I just got bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm just a loud mouth. And so everybody's like, how can I help? How can I be involved? And I got funding and I had a a, a nonprofit uh, literacy organization, a big one in, in Ontario, come and fly out and help me train all these people. And I was just flying by the seat of my pants. But what I taught them eventually, like we matched up each university student with a with a student, a learner, we call them learners in the community. And a lot of them were like blue collar workers who were having trouble with the computer programs they had to use now. Some of them were living on the street, like all different types of people. Anyways, I taught, I taught them, you have two jobs. Number one, you have to teach them that they can learn how to read, that they are smart and they are amazing and they have all these talents and they, and they, you, you, let them borrow your belief until they believe in themselves. So you can, they can learn how to read. 
That's 99% of it is teaching them that they can learn how to read. Number two, then you teach them how to read. So this is how I treat my clients as well. I want to boost up their confidence to teach them that they are worthy and their ideas matter and their story matters and they matter. They matter to a lot of people and someone out there right now is looking for them and looking for their book. And you got to write that book so people can find you. So I love to be able to do that for people, to see them come to me with no book and no confidence and and just come out the other end. Just like last night, I had a Zoom call with one of my clients who had just received her her proof of her book in the mail. And she was like, like freaking out, holding up her book. She was so excited. I thought I could cry. And even though I've done it over a thousand times, I still feel like I could cry every single time. And I just love to be able to do that for people. Okay. So where can our listeners find you? Where is the best place to get in touch? How should they start? Are there any resources on your webpage? How can they start that? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So my website is prominencepublishing.com. And if you go to prominencepublishing.com slash free, there's a free training on how to write a book. And then also uh, there's a tab called how we create best-selling authors. If anybody listening wants to schedule a call with me or one of our coaches, then they can click on that link and they can schedule a call and um, we'll talk for 30 minutes about their ideas or even if they don't have any ideas, help them understand like how we can help them write a book and see if we can work together. Okay. All the links will be in the description below. Thank you, Suzanne, for being my guest tonight. Thank you so much, Peter. It's been lovely. Thank you, Mr. Faleschini, for this outstanding podcast. And thank you for listening to the Ask Faleschini podcast until the end. Mr. Faleschini would love to hear your feedback in the comments. And don't forget, if you want to know, ask Faleschini or listen to the Ask Faleschini podcast. In order to please the almighty algorithm, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.